Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Hey, good to see each of you here this morning. Um, excited for what God's going to do. Uh, if you got your word, you need a Bible today. There is a ridiculous amount of Scripture. So if you like the Bible and if you like Scripture, you come to the right place. All right? Uh, we are in a series called The Gift. The Gift, remember, is the Holy Spirit of God. Okay? And the reason we call it The Gift and the reason I wanted to teach on the Holy Spirit is when I was growing up as a kid, I didn't hear much about the Holy Spirit. And what I heard about the Holy Spirit was just bad. Just bad. I don't know how else to say it. And so it scared you more than it uh, hugged you, okay? And so I wanted to do a series on that. We did part one last week. The, the title of the message is, Does He Baptize? We did part one last week, so hopefully you got on the podcast and you had a chance to listen to that. There are three things, uh, three patterns in Scripture that I wanted to look at. We looked at two of them last week. Number one being the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus, Okay. Number two was that the disciple baptizes us in water, okay? So those we know easy because that's salvation and it's water baptism, okay? So the third one is today, okay? And we will spend the whole time unpacking that. And so if you have your Bible, get it, get your pen ready, scratch people, scratch paper ready, whatever you got. There's a lot of scripture. Now, I'm going to give you all of it but you may want to chew on a bunch of it later, and that's okay. But make sure you get the addresses, okay? So today, today is Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit, okay? Because what people think is that one and three are the same. Can't be. Theologically, it can't be. Grammatically, it can't be, okay? And we'll look at that. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus, And the third one is Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. The problem there is the subjects are different. And and if you know English, and I'm not great in English, didn't even really like English, but I know this, it it can't have different subjects, and that has different subjects. There's two different people doing it, so it's not the same, okay? And we'll see it in Scripture as well. That, those three are a pattern in Scripture. The other thing we talked about last week was the other in pattern, the pattern in Scripture is three words, salvation, water, and spirit. You're going to see all of those in Scripture. We're going to look at that. You're going to see it all morning, okay? But I want you to follow that, okay? So this morning, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit, okay? Matthew 3.11, I want you to go there first. Matthew 3:11 It says I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry he will baptize you 
with Holy Spirit and fire. When you see the word with and in, they're interchangeable, okay? With and in, interchangeable, okay? He will baptize you. We talked about the most important cornerstone question is, you've got to answer is, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it, it's not a force, it's not a power, necessarily like a force of power. It is a power, okay? But it can't be just an it. It can't be something that's like, a, like this thing you can't touch. The Holy Spirit is a person. You can't have a personal relationship with him if he's not a person. Make sense? So until you in your life determine that the Holy Spirit of God is a person, you're going to be lacking because you will not, not have a personal relationship with an it. That's weird. Just weird, okay? You need counseling if you have that, okay? That's just not right. It's not normal, okay? So the Holy Spirit is a person. It says that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, okay? He being Jesus in that phrase. He's greater than John the Baptist speaking. He said, listen, I can baptize you. That's fine in the water. But he who's coming after me, mm, he, he, he's mightier than me. He's mightier than me. He will baptize you. John the Baptist was not speaking to the disciples, the 12 disciples. He's not speaking to the disciples there. Please understand that. The disciples are called in Matthew 4. He's speaking in Matthew 3. He is speaking to everyone. Everyone. Don't, don't try to say, well, that's not for us. That is for us. As for everyone. All right? It's not just for the hand-picked 12. All right? It's for everyone. Okay? So I want to show you this in all the Gospels because I think it's very, very important. Four Gospels, all four Gospels talk about this. You see this pattern. Very few things are in all four Gospels, all right? Number one is the birth of Jesus, all four, death of Jesus, all four, resurrection of Jesus, all four, feeding of the 5,000, all four, okay, and baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's just go ahead and say, if Jesus thought it was important enough to put in all four Gospels, it's probably important. It's in all of them. It's in every one of them. So let's look and see. Mark 1.8. Mark 1.8. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3. 16, go there with me. Luke 3, 16, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Let's look at John. John 1, 33. Look at John 1, 33. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he 
who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. All through there, you're going to see this pattern. Salvation, water, spirit. Now, I have a really good question. Is Jesus our example? He is, isn't he? We need to be like Jesus, WWJD. We got the sticker. We got the T-shirt. Honk if you love Jesus. All this stuff, man. Jesus is the pattern. It's who we want to be like. It's who we want to emulate. I'm a Christian. I'm a little Christ. I follow Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. So if Jesus is our example, then we should be like Jesus. So here's a question. Was Jesus, did Jesus have all three of these? Did he? Well, let's see. Jesus, let me say it like this. When, when, when Jeff gave his life to Christ, Jeff was born again. Jeff became a new creation. Jeff became a son of God, right? I became a king's kid, all right? Now, was, was Jesus born again? Oh, no. You know why Jesus wasn't born again? Because he is born right the first time. Amen. You don't have to be born again if you're born right the first time. If you muffed up, you need to be born again. All of us on this side of Calvary, we muffed up. We're a mess. Just look yourself in the mirror and go, you're a mess. You look good, but you're a mess. And Jesus is the one that makes you right. You're not right. You're not right because of your performance. You're right because you're position. Your position was determined by Jesus who died in your place. So listen, Jesus is the son of God. He was born son of God. I'm a son of God, but I'm there because of what Jesus did for me. Jesus didn't need to be born again. He born right the first time. Amen. Was Jesus water baptized? Yes, he was. I was water baptized because why? because I wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, do likewise. I'm good. Jesus went under the water. I'm going under the water, all right, because I want to be like Jesus. Jesus water baptized? Yes, he was. Who baptized him? John the Baptist, all right? He baptized Jesus. So was Jesus baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Well, how do you know that, preacher? Well, I only know because the Bible says. That's the only thing I got. It says that when Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended on him. Let me say it like this. When Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit fell on him. And say it again. When Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit immersed him, covered him. Okay, now watch this. Jesus is the only person that the Holy Spirit came on and stayed with forever. Didn't leave him. Never. Why? Because the, the, the Holy Spirit is not a big, he's not a big fan of sin. So for me, when I got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, I can still get out of fellowship with God. I can still quench the Spirit. I can still grieve the spirit and need to come back to the spirit 
and be immersed and covered and filled again. Jesus is sinless, and the Holy Spirit never left him. Never left him. So, Jeff, do you want to be like Jesus? I would love to be like Jesus. Well, then you need all three. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's as simple as that. It just says it right there. So here's a question for you. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit on him when he walked on this earth, how much more do you and I need the Holy Spirit? So you think that you don't need the Holy Spirit? Well, man, you're better than Jesus. Congratulations. I should spend more time with you because maybe you'll rub off on me, all right? You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. I need it bad. And if Jesus needed it, I know I need it. So you see the pattern in Scripture. Salvation, water, spirit. Now let's see it again. Let's just keep rolling. Acts 2. More, more examples. Acts 2. Look at verse uh, 38. Acts 2, 38. When Peter said to them, Acts 2, 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts 8, 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached these things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized and received the right hand of Christian fellowship. Y'all the Bible say that? You don't remember that? You get saved, you get baptized, you get the right hand of Christian fellowship. Yeah, in. in the club. All right? That's not what it says. If that was all, then why is he at the right anymore? If all we need is to be saved and baptized, that's it. Watch what the Bible says. Not anything else, just the Bible. Watch what the Bible says. Acts 8, 14 through 17. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Verse 15 who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had fallen upon none of them. What did the Holy Spirit do to Jesus when he came out of the water? It descended. It fell on him. So none of them it had fallen on. Y'all see that in Scripture? That's pretty simple, right? None of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 17. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. We're going to keep rolling. Look at Acts 19. Acts 19. <clears throat> Look at verse 1 and 2. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Mm, my goodness gracious, that's a really, really good question. That is an amazing question. Listen to me. That is such an amazing question that you and I will have to deal with that question. 
This right here rocked my world. Rocked my world. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Mm. Now, I think they went to church where I went to church. I really do. Because here's what they said. We've not even so much even heard there was a Holy Spirit. We, we not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. That's kind of what I did. I thought the Holy Spirit's cousin was Lottie Moon. I mean, I heard Lottie Moon more than I heard the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of y'all grow up in that church, Annie Armstrong and Lottie Moon. I thought that was the Holy Spirit. I didn't know. I, we heard them all the time. I never heard the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit, I think the Holy Spirit got less FaceTime in my church than Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong. And there's nothing wrong with them. I promise they were empowered with the Holy Spirit of God. Promise you. There's not a missionary in this country that's not in love with the Holy Spirit of God. Promise you. You see, for a long, 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 long time, for me, I grew up believing and being taught and being told that I got all the Holy Spirit I ever wanted at salvation. You're just not asking to be, you're just not using any of it. Now, that is right, in part, because I got all the Holy Spirit when I got saved. Jesus came into my life, and he saved me. Where did Jesus take up residence? In my heart. I invited Jesus into my heart by faith. I asked Jesus to come in and save me. He came into my heart, and he saved me. I followed the Lord in baptism. And for many years after that, I rock and rode until I got to college and I saw the Holy Spirit in action. Now, here's what happens to a lot of people. They ask Jesus into their heart, but that's all. You see, Jesus can take up residence in someone's heart like a house. Like you can give Jesus a closet or maybe a bathroom or maybe even a bedroom if he acts good, but he can't have residence in the whole house. He can't have the whole turf. That's my life. I'll decide where he goes and when he goes and how he speaks and what he does and what he does in my life. I'll control him in my heart. Can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit of God, not interested in living in your heart. What he's after is consuming your life. I'm telling you, he, he, he's not interested in just living in your little compartmentalized life that you stuck him in. That's not what he's after. He's after absolutely to take over your house and your life. And he's not going to ask your permission in what bedroom and what room he goes into because there's some rooms in our hearts and our lives that he needs to go without permission because you're not going to ever give him permission to go there. See, there's a big difference between Jesus being your Savior and Jesus being your Lord. There's a big difference between the Holy Spirit living in your heart and the Holy Spirit living in your house. Because then he's your boss. Here, 
He's your little freak that you control. Listen, Jesus ain't interested in you controlling him. He's interested in controlling you. Very much so. So listen, I, I have heard and I have had people share with me that these people in Acts 19 have not really met the risen Christ and they're not really disciples and that's sweet and wonderful and precious and all that stuff, but that doesn't change this text whatsoever. Because I want you to see what Paul does. Paul absolutely in verses three through five checks out their salvation. That's what he does. Look at Acts 19, three to five. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said unto, they said unto John's, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after, and that is, on Christ Jesus. Then watch verse 5. When they, when this group, when these people heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I don't care how they got to this point. The point now is that they are saved. The point now they've been baptized in Jesus. I, I, listen, the Holy Spirit baptized me in Jesus at 10. The Holy Spirit baptized you in Jesus. Then they got water baptized, all right? There's water baptism. Now, if that, all that happens, look at verse six, see what happens. Verse six says, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. There's no way around the text. None. Salvation, water, spirit. No, there's no way. All three right there. All three. Simple. Some people still say that the Holy Spirit coming on people only happened at Pentecost. We talked about that several weeks ago. See, the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost in Acts 2, no doubt. But let me give you some other stuff you need to write down. The, in Acts 8, the Holy Spirit came on people. And Acts 8 was five years after Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came on people in Acts 10, and that's 10 years after Pentecost. And what we just read in Acts 19, that happened 25 years after Pentecost. 25 years after Pentecost, the greatest apostle ever, ever, the greatest apostle ever, Paul, who wrote a third of the New Testament that we read today. A third. That's a third more than any theologian ever wrote. Paul. Do, do y'all understand who's saying this? Paul. Paul, like real Paul. Paul does not have a theology problem. Do you think Paul has a theology problem? You think Paul got, I don't know what, I, I don't know. I, I need to go to seminary. I don't know. He knows. He knows. Paul is not going to muff up what Jesus did. Paul's, man, Paul's God's man here. He meets some people. 
And he asked them, when did you receive the Holy Spirit? When? After you believed, when did you receive the Holy Spirit? See, for many of us, this is me, and this is my sweet wife, Melissa. For us, the problem, there was an elephant in the room. Was there not, baby? There was an elephant in the room. Big, huge, gray elephant. Okay? We're good little Baptist kids from East Texas. We had good little Baptist parents. Never heard about the Holy Spirit, man, I'm telling you. Never heard about it. Okay? There was an elephant in the room for us because the elephant in the room was the word baptized in the Holy Spirit. The baptismal, that's the word that did it. When I heard it, my mind and my whole body said, oh, that is so charismatic. I'm not going to be like them. Not going to be like them. That's so charismatic. So I never, ever, 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 ever got past it. As soon as I heard it, shut down. As soon as I heard it, shut down. As soon as I heard it, I shut down. I'll tell you more about a little journey in a little bit. But I think there's still an elephant in the room. And it is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that your salvation wasn't enough. I'm not saying that your water baptism wasn't enough. I am saying that in Scripture, there is an absolute no doubter that there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And you can't get away from it. And you've got to get over yourself, get over your upbringing, get over your religious smell, and accept the Bible more than what you think. The Bible has to trump all of it. And I'm telling you, there is clear evidence, it's simple in Scripture, that there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's baptism in the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, let me show you some other Scripture because I'm sure you love Scripture. More Scripture. 1 John, 1 John chapter 5. Make sure it's 1 John, not John. That'll really mess you up. 1 John chapter 5. You're going to see, you're going to see those three again. Water, I mean us. Salvation, water, spirit. I'm going to wear it out. I know I am. Uh, you're going to see it again. 1 John 5, 7. Here it is again. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Y'all see it? The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. All right? We know the word is Jesus, right? Revelation tells us Jesus is the word. John 1 says the word became flesh, dwelt among us. No doubters, okay? What do they bear witness to? Or what do they bear witness to? Or what for? They bear witness for the supernatural. That there's more than just being born, having matter, energy, and dying. There's life after. There is supernatural, okay? So look, John, look at the next verse. See the three again. 1 John 5, 8. You'll see it again. You see it in heaven. Now you're going to see it on earth. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three 
agree as one. Man, anybody ever see that in 1 John before? I mean, that's just, that's rich. The spirit, the water, and the blood. We know what the blood is. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Basically, without the shedding of blood on the cross, you're not saved. And without not just the shedding of blood on the cross, because there were two thieves that shed some blood, and it didn't matter to you, but the shedding of blood by the centerpiece named Jesus, that's what did it. That's the blood. And that agrees here, okay? You see that. Spirit, water, blood. You see all three again, all right? Keep rolling. Salvation, water, spirit. We, we've walked it through. Let me, let me say it like this. When you're saved, you become a new person. Everybody agree with that? The old is gone, the new has come. You become a new person. When you're water baptized, that, 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 that old person is cut off. It's cut off. He's buried in Christ in baptism, and he's raised, she's raised to walk a new life. Old person cut off. Watch this. When you are spirit baptized, you now get the spirit to live and walk out that new life. Pretty simple. New person, old cut off, power to live it. Power to live it. One, two, three. Listen, one and two, sweet. But don't, they said, they don't leave Jerusalem until you're in due with power. Don't towel off from that pool until you receive that Holy Spirit. Because that is what's going to give you the power to live out what is new in you out there. Because that world out there will kick your teeth in. And as soon as you come out of that water as a believer, you got a big old target on you, boy. And the enemy is going to hunt you down. And you better have a power greater than him to kick his tail. And you ain't got it if you ain't got it. All right? You have the spirit in you, the power to live it out. For some of us, we've just never heard, <laughs> we've just never heard this before. And it's okay, because I didn't either, okay? I never heard anybody explain it, never. This wasn't explained at my church. We just stopped with salvation and water. We didn't talk about that. Didn't talk about it. Listen to me. It's not goofy, it's not weird, it's doctrinally accurate, all right? It is, and correct, and it's biblically sound. I promise you. All I've done is read the Bible. Did I, have I used anything else? It's just the Bible, okay? Let me ask you this. Is this one of the reasons, not the main reason, but is this one of the reasons so many believers today are defeated and powerless. They got two out of three, and they're losing. They got two out of three baptisms, but their life has no power. They would say, my life has no power. 
I have no power. I want to do the right thing. I know what I need to do. I know how to do it. I can't do it. I can't stay consistent. I'm powerless. I'm powerless. I know I have authority, but I can't take the authority. I'm just taking it like a wet pretzel from the enemy. He's beating my teeth down constantly. He's tearing up my family, tearing up my life, tearing up everything. And I just take it. Listen to me. You ain't got to take that. You got to stop taking that. That's a terrible commercial for the cross. It is finished. And he empowered us by the Holy Spirit of God to take authority over a bunch of junk in our lives and quit taking it. It is time that the little church and the big church quit taking it from the world and from the enemy. And it's time to take the power, take what's there for us and do the battle that God's called us to do. I want to give you some more scripture because I'm sure you hadn't had enough. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Okay, if you read down a little bit further, we're going to come back and read too, but if you look at verse 6 and verse 11, these say, these are for our admiration or as an example for us, okay? This is when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, okay? This is when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, okay? Verse 6 and verse 11 say these are for our examples, okay? This is an example. So I want you to see the pattern in the Bible, okay? Still want you to see. Now, if you're not there yet, I got one more for you. No, I really got two more for you. But this one right here, okay? I want you to see it again, all right? Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 2. Now, let me say this before I get there. Moses, during this time, Moses was seen as the children of Israel's deliverer. Would you argue with that? He is like Jesus, like Jesus to them. If you're born again today, when you get to heaven, you meet Moses. But Jesus was like their deliverer. All right? He was almost like their savior. All right? That's how they, that's how they looked to him. Okay? So look at 1 Corinthians 10.2. I want you to see the pattern. Salvation, water, spirit again. All right? 1 Corinthians 10.2. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud in the sea. See that? In the Moses... We're baptized, the Holy Spirit baptizes us well. In the Jesus, our, what? Yeah, our Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Savior, Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus, all right? The cloud, in the cloud, what can the, what can the cloud represent? The cloud is the Holy Spirit. The cloud is what directed them during the day, fire at night. Holy Spirit came as a cloud and fire, boom. In the Holy Spirit. Look, else, in the sea. What is the sea? It's water. Salvation, all right? 
water, spirit. All three. What were they baptized in? All three. See, my wife loves, let me say it to you, loves, like L-U-V, love, all right? Love, almost, maybe not more than me, but close, the Old Testament. This girl is like a research mama. Stay up all hours of the night digging, 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 digging. She like got shovels on both hips. She just constantly digging, loves the Old Testament. This right here is what did it for her. Absolutely, that did it. Because see, the Old Testament is ink print for the New Testament, foreshadowing. Listen to me, don't have half a Bible for the love of Jesus. You better have, you better have both. Don't you throw out that Old Testament and say, well, it's against all New Testament world today. We're just New Testament world. This is all New Testament. No, it's not. It's the Holy Bible. It's the total Bible. It's all in Bible. Get the whole thing. Don't buy half. You get ripped off. They ain't selling half a Bible, all right? If you pay full price, use the whole thing. That's crazy, like putting one leg in a pair of pants and forgetting the other. If you bought two, put two in them. Two both in there. Whole Bible, the whole Bible. Listen, you see this pattern, not just in New Testament, you see this pattern in Old Testament. That's a slam dunk. That's got to be a slam dunk. I want to throw this up. This is, this is last. This is, uh, this is the tabernacle of Moses. I want you to see this. Tabernacle of Moses. Now, let me listen, tell you something. So Moses... Moses sees in heaven his vision, and God says, what you see in heaven, I want you to draw on earth. Okay? I want you to see this. All right? This tabernacle, see the holy place, most holy place. This is where God and his presence manifested itself between the wings of the cherubim. So this is the holy place and the most holy place. Today, this is the presence of God. It's where you want to be, man. That's what, man, I'm telling you, when you're in the presence of God, you're rich, all right? I've never seen anybody in the presence of God think about their checkbook balance. If you're thinking about your checkbook balance, you're not in the presence of God. When you get in the presence of God, all things pale. They're gone. You don't even know what you drive. You don't even know where you parked. You feel like you're at Walmart. So I'm telling you, when you get in the, when you get in the presence of God, that's, there's nothing like it. So this is what they're after. They're after getting, the priests are after getting to the holy place. We're priests today. We want to get in the presence of God, amen? Nothing like the presence. Now, I want you to see something. You notice there's only what, how many ways in there? Come on. How many does the Bible say there is to Jesus? One way. I know there's a lot of people thinking, oh, that's just so dogmatic. It's so narrow-minded. The Bible's, just the Bible, John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I, see, I don't have to not like that. I just have to get up under that. Because since I'm hatched, he's not changing it. It doesn't matter, okay? One way in. So I want you to see three things that must, you must do in order to get to the presence of God. Still true today, Three. All right. First thing you're going to come in, come in contact with is an altar. The altar is simple. It's where they sacrifice, by the lamb. It's an altar. All right. Secondly, you're going to see this, a laver. 
What's a laver for? It's got water. It's a water basin. So you see salvation, all right? You see water. Now you think, well, that's it. That's all they need. They in. That's how I was taught. But I'm going to tell you, there's, a, there's not a theologian in the world that can rebuke this. This, none. None. Look at the third one. A flask. What's the flask for? It's got oil in it. What do you do with oil? It covers you. It immerses you. Amen. It fills you. It baptizes you. We'll put the elephant in the room. All right? It baptizes us. It covers us. When you do the three, you're in the presence of the Lord. One, two, three. Now, let me show you something kind of interesting. A lot of people want to do this. They go to church. They say, oh, yeah, Jesus died on the cross. Woo-hoo. I-, I love Jesus for dying on the cross. I'm in. I'll get baptized. Oh, yeah. As long as you got a heater, count me in. I'll get baptized. But you better make sure the heater working, preacher. So I'm in. Baptize me. Uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit? Mm, I heard that's kind of weird. Let's skip that. that. That's what we do, don't it? That's weird. I've seen freak shows. I'm skipping that. I don't want any part of that. I don't want no part of that. I skipped that part. I'm good with the first two, but yeah, I ain't doing that third one. A lot of you know your Bible. Y'all know your Bible, don't you? Y'all read the Bible? I haven't read it to you. You read your Bible? What's the Bible say about people that come in there that skip one? Come in there wrong. They die. They die. They die. Now, I'm not, let me say something to you. There's a lot of people, a lot of Christians that are born again, been water baptized, they're walking around dead. They just flat walking around dead. They're just dead. They're dead. You, you know them? You're thinking of them right now. You look at their life and you can't see us. You can't see no fruit. They say, well, I'm a Christian. Where do you go to church? I don't go to church. Do you worship? No, I don't worship. You read your Bible? No, I don't even believe in the Bible. First of all, if I meet them, I'm going to go back to number one. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there's, some, there's a lot of Christians that know, they just, they're dead. They're dead. Why? Because listen to me, you can't, you can't, you don't get to determine the rules. Can I just say that to you in love? I love you, but you can't determine the rules. Jesus, God set the rules. Get under God and turn on the fountain. I'm just telling you, it's simple. It's simple. Watch it. You get saved, you get water baptized. <laughs> Y'all funny. <laughs> oh, now you want to go fast. <laughs> Tell you, man, can't get good help. No matter what the pay rate is. Right? You, this is the deal. That's how God set it up. You see it in scripture. You see it in his word. Look at altar. Accept him as your savior. Salvation. Water baptized. Spirit baptized. Enjoy the presence of the Lord. Now listen to me. You say, well, if I just, if I just pray and I baptize in the Holy Spirit of God, I'm in forever. 
You're in forever. But let me say something to you. You're not Jesus. That means you're going to bump into sin and you're going to give in. Right? You're going to break fellowship with God. Isaiah 59 2 says, Your iniquities have separated you from Him, meaning your sin has. There's going to come times where you quench the Spirit. There's going to come times when you grieve the Holy Spirit. You ain't one and done here. You're not Jesus. The Spirit didn't fall and remain with you. Don't kid yourself, okay? The Holy Paul says that we need to be what? Filled with the Spirit. Paul also said you better keep in step with the Spirit. That means when you get out of fellowship with God, when you say what you shouldn't say to your wife and she gives you that look, you need to come to her and humbly ask her forgiveness so that the Spirit of God come back on you. There's many times in my life where I have quenched the Holy Spirit of God and I had to ask for forgiveness. He's a person. Amen. If I say something and do something to a person, it is my job to be the bigger person and apologize. If I grieve the Holy Spirit and quench the Holy Spirit, I need to ask for forgiveness of the Holy Spirit. Melissa and I, as I said, grew up good little Baptist kids. We didn't know a, bunch of, we didn't know a lot about the Holy Spirit because we grew up in churches that didn't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. But we had a hunger for the Holy Spirit and we, we were part of youth camps and directing big youth camps that saw enormously beautiful moves of the Holy Spirit. And our students would come back to churches and want to talk about the Holy Spirit and pastors would quiet them down. And I'm not throwing those pastors under the bus. Please hear what I'm saying. They would come back and the pastors would not let them talk about the Holy Spirit. I know missionaries personally that leave Baptist churches, go to mission fields where Baptist money, come back to Baptist churches and can't talk about what they see on the mission field because of what the Holy Spirit did on the mission field, and they now are part of different churches. And again, I'm not throwing Baptist churches under the bus. Don't hear what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is simply this. Melissa and I grew up not knowing anything about the Holy Spirit. We began a journey, or God began us on a journey of the Holy Spirit. For us, for Melissa and I, October 2015, on a Saturday morning, hers was about a week before that, two weeks before that. I'm a little slow sometimes. So we came to grips with all this scripture that we're sharing, all these texts, all these passages, all this information. And I knew, I knew that 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 the elephant in the room in my life, and Melissa knew the same thing, was the word baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when I got over that, and I got over myself, and let me say this to be honest. When I did this, when I swallowed pride, what I had to do. I had to swallow my pride. Because when I saw the text and when I saw the scripture, I got mad first. I got real mad. I got mad because I wasn't taught the whole Bible. You see, the whole Bible was there for me to go study, but I didn't go on my own. 
And so for Melissa and I, in October of 15, we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay? We were immersed, baptized, filled, covered in the Holy Spirit, okay? I believe personally that I received that uh, even before that, but I didn't call it that. But I finally let myself say, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because here's the deal for me. If Jesus did it, and I want to be like Jesus, I should align myself with Jesus. If the word of God says I need to do it, I'll figure out all the other stuff and fill in all the blanks later if I don't have them filled in. But I know I need to get myself under the Bible. And scripture is very clear that there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And for Melissa and I in 2015, we did that. Together as a couple at a couple's house upstairs, we let them anoint us with oil and pray over us, okay? And we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're thinking, my pastor and his wife have been freaks now for two years and I didn't even realize it. Because <laughs> haven't we been pretty freaky? We're pretty freaky, aren't we? We're like Michael Jackson freak show, all right? Listen to me. I'm as normal as I was in October as 14. Okay, am I not the same pastor? You say, well, you say the Holy Spirit more. Well, that's really, that's bad. I'm telling you, that's, you're crossing the line now, preacher. But listen to me. It gets all over you, my friend. So we've had people lovingly say to us, well, you know, Jeff and Melissa, they got that diagnosis in 16 of August. 2016 of August, Melissa got that diagnosis of cancer and they went through a really hard year. And sometimes when you go through a really hard year, you just grasp for stuff. And Jeff and Melissa, just reaching for anything, grab the Holy Spirit and we'll just wait them out and they'll be okay. And it'll die down now that the cancer's gone. Seriously, that's what we look like. We're going to grab for stuff in the middle of a tragedy. We're going, oh my gosh, my, my boat's going down. Grab a freak show, punch the hole. No, that's what people do in crisis sometimes. Listen to me, that's not what we did. 2015 in October, God knew August of 16. Better buckle up, I'm just telling you. He knew. And he knew in 09 that we walked this journey. But oh, Lord help. He knew 16. Oh, he made nine look like a walk in the park feeding the geese at Meta Park. 16 was the real deal. And God knew that was coming. And people had come up to us all last year and said, I think y'all are the most beautiful couple I've ever seen as you walk through this. <laughs> Listen, I like, it's not us. It's not us. It's not us. We don't walk through that like this before October of 15. We, we testified to that many times. October of 15 prepared us for August of 16 because we had a power that was in us greater than anything we've ever experienced. And there were scary times and lots of tears and a whole lot of fear. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit of God said, I got you. I got you. 
And yes, we are stronger on this side, but we're stronger because in 2015, we got up under the word of God. We got up under Jesus and we received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, I felt really proud of myself before then of leaving the gas station half full. Because I said, I, I got half the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. No. Why would I leave half full when I have the capacity and the opportunity to leave totally full? Listen, I didn't want to leave anything on the table. She didn't want to leave anything on the table. I want all God has for me. Oh. And so I got over the word baptismal in the, in the Holy Spirit. And I said, God, I want that. I want that. I want you to immerse me. I want you to cover me. I want you to baptize me. I want you to fill me daily in the Spirit. Because I want to see what you see. I don't want to respond the way you respond. And I want power and I want, uh, I want, you know, I, I want authority in my life. And the Holy Spirit of God is what gives you that. Melissa and I are not freaks. We're normal people loving Jesus. But I promise you, the Bible's clear. And I promise you, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can receive him. You don't need anybody to do it for you. You can do it yourself, all right? So right now, I'm gonna invite our altar ministry team up. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up. And here's what I wanna say to you. It's a little different, I know, and I know we went long and we don't have night church, you'll be fine, all right? Right now, if you're sitting here and you're saying, Pastor, listen to me. I know I'm born again. I know I've been water baptized, but there's never been a time in my life that I have asked the Holy Spirit to fill me, to baptize me. I want you, if you want that right now, to stand. Just stand up. If you want the Holy Spirit of God to baptize you in his spirit, just stand up. I need power in my life. I'm, I'm, I don't want to leave half full. I want all of you. I want everything you got from me, God. If you want it, you stand up. Good. Now I want you to do something. Keep standing. If you just want to stand, stand. But I want, if you're standing, I want you to do something for me. I want you to hold your hands like this. There's nothing, no fancy, goofy stuff going to fall on your hands. This is a receiving position. You're just saying, God, I receive the Holy Spirit. That's what you're wanting. I want, I want you to cover me with the Holy Spirit of God in my life. Okay? So I want you to hold your hands out in a receiving mode. And I'm just going to pause for a little bit. And I want you to just ask Jesus. It, it's coming from Jesus. It's not weird, right? Right. It's Jesus is doing this. This is not demonic. This is not weird. This is Jesus. Jesus, just say something like this. Jesus, I want you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to hush and I'm going to let you speak that and pray that over your body right now. You just pray that. and ask the rest of us to stand. This is our invitation time. 
We have people down front. If you were sitting here and you said, I really, I really wanted to do that, but I, there's no way I'm standing up in front of everybody in that church. You can come down here and these people will pray over you, okay? If you wanna to come to the altar, you can come. If you just wanna sit in his presence and thank him, thank him for the first time, thank him for filling you with the Holy Spirit, you do that. If you wanna join this church, he said, this is a church for me. I want to join today. I want in on this. I, I'm, I'm good. You come this morning. This invitation time's for you. All right? Let me pray over us. Father, we love you. We thank you. We adore you. I thank you for my brothers and sisters who stood out of obedience right in front of everybody and said, I want everything God has for me. I want you not only to for the Holy Spirit to baptize me in Jesus. I don't want only for the pastor or disciple to baptize me in water, but I want Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Spirit of God. God, I thank you for them. And for all the many others that will do it and have already done that. Many have already done that. But God, if there's more, you send more. Send them, Father. If they need to come, let them come this morning. For whatever reason, you be honored out of obedience during this invitation time, we come in Jesus' name, amen. You come if you need to come. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 